Hey there, friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Liquored Listings. That's right. This is the podcast where you, the fans, send me a category, and I, the host, Big Earn, give you the final say. We'll list down the top five in each category that you tell me to present, and I will tell you what's right and wrong. Not only that, we will be cracking beers, drinking liquor, drinking wine, so when my opinions go askew you'll have plenty of time to write me hate mail now go ahead hit the subscribe button donate let's get this going and keep it going wow what a show we have tonight going on for you guys this category is actually quite near and dear to my heart Uh, We're going to be talking a little Game of Thrones tonight. Now, Game of Thrones is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And let me mind you, this will be going over the TV show. And I've read all the books, and now it's been 11, almost 12 years since uh, the books have come out. Um, So there's been a lot of variances between the book and the TV show. So I'm going to go off the show probably break into some of what I think the directors did wrong uh, kind of ruined a few characters that could have been a lot better there was potential for a lot of these on my list uh, the category today uh, which was brought to me by uh, let's see for Nick Gator at twitter dot for Nick G- oh that's a clever one for Nick Gator <laughs> If I say it really fast, fornicator, fuck you, oh, Nick, whoever you are. Oh, that's a good one, though. He wants to know the worst characters from the Game of Thrones television show. Now, th- this is very, very hard for me to do. It took me about four hours to really come up with my list because this show is near and dear to my heart. The first six seasons were epic. Don't get me wrong absolutely epic the seventh and eighth season in my opinion really felt rushed and why why do you need to rush such a show uh you had basically hit a home run out of the park were you getting bored were you getting caught up in that fantasy realm dan and dave i don't really know but it got lazy towards the end i can't seem to feel that george really was disappointed as well in those final two seasons um speaking of george get it done you old bird you were supposed to be locked in a cabin if you didn't complete it by last year so let's get the wind of winds of winter out let's see where the real story is supposed to go now i had a really hard time breaking this down into the five my five least favorite characters oh by the way little cause light going on tonight Started out with a little rum, cranberry, and pineapple juice, but I don't know. It just felt like a sudsy wudsy type of day. Now, if we want to just delve right into it, we're going to go from five to one and see where this leads. Dun, dun, dun. Number five. All right. Here it is. Sir Loris Tyrell. Honestly... In the books, 
Loris was one of the greatest warriors that there was. Sure, I understand that being gay back in the medieval times, and this is still a fantasy world, may have been troublesome. I get that. But it shouldn't have been this big old storyline. Like, that was the plot of his character. Now, if you've read the books, he was so much more than that. He was one of the greatest warriors behind perhaps Sir Barristan Selmy, Jamie, Ned Stark in his time period. He won the tourney uh, of the hand uh, when Ned first went down to King's Landing and became the, the hand of the king. He won that tournament. Now, yeah, he may have used a few tricks on that tournament where he had his mare and heat and the mountain uh, the mountain got a, mountain's horse got a little confused. But either way, he was still one of the greatest warriors of that time. Now, remember, in the books, he, uh, I, forget, I forget exactly which he was, he was fighting for the Lannister army. But he uh, attacked the castle so badly that he was burned from head to toe. And he was rushed back to King's Landing and he was, uh, you know, basically in dire needs. But he didn't go out with a whimper like they made him. Like, what is this with him being blown up in that damn church or even succumbing to the pressures of of the of those crazy fanatics it drove me insane how they butchered him it wasn't they made it a straight storyline of him being gay with king renly uh, who which is another disappointment don't get me wrong because i really thought it was just shoved down our throats let them have the relationship and there was something special with their relationship but it didn't need to be their one storyline for their characters. Those characters were so much more needed to be fleshed out. King Renly was the the people's champion, uh, for better words, back in those times. Uh, when the War of the Five Kings started, everybody started to support Renly. No Stannis, no not, nobody else. The people wanted Renly. So what you did to Loras, honestly kind of in a better better way to maybe that's a bad word emasculate <laughs> i guess it goes along with the topic uh but on top of that you showed in the show how sir brienne or ended up being sir brienne bested him in, in a fight which never happened in the books i know you wanted to flush out and make brienne a little bit stronger of a of a female lead character and i have no no qualms with that brienne was amazing I loved her storyline. I loved her arc. Um, but making Loris kind of wimpy when he was one of the greatest warriors in the land was kind of kind of frustrating uh, for the average watcher of the show. Or not for the average watcher, more for the book readers who really, really enjoyed that character. I, I felt terrible for him. His relationship with Marjorie never got flushed out. His relationship with his grandmother never got flushed out. Remember, these were some of the smartest politicians back in uh, in that in Westeros at the time. Some of that had to have rubbed off on Loras, and it never, plus the show never really mentioned his brothers. Um, they made it seem like he was the heir apparent. So, I really think Dan and Dave screwed up Sir Loras Tyrell, uh, a favorite of mine to read in the books, and doesn't matter his uh, a who he's attracted to. 
and that became the singular focus of the show and it really was really really very disappointing to me uh overall i think loris could have been a much much better character if they just would have taken the time and flushed him out and i had to have him at number five because you're going to be disappointed in some of my top uh top four um he was still an side character in a way in the show uh my opinions are a little bit more heated about few of the a few of the other ones I have on my list, but to you, Sir Loris, in the books, an amazing character, and well done, George, for fleshing him out in the care in the in the books. But way to ruin him on the on the screen, Dan and Dave. Very very disappointed in what you guys did with Loris Tyrell. Number four. All right. All right, I'm going to have to go with Catelyn Stark. Jeez, that one's a hard one for me. I really love that character. I love her, I, I love her so much. Um, geez, we'll get to the major reason. Uh, the brooding, but let's start with a couple of the minor annoyances for me. The first big thing for me is the brooding. Yeah, it was kind of in the books over Jon Snow. I get it. He wasn't your son. And let's be honest. You were just kind of a bitch. I mean, you you weren't the first person in that world. And you weren't the first person in modern world to ever have a stepson. It happens. Life happens. I'm pretty sure not everybody was wearing goat intestines as condoms back in the day. And for all you knew... Ned was out there fooling around. Sure. Sure. Can't make you feel good. But as a lady of Winterfell and your man's at war, life happens. Life happens there, Caitlin. Catelyn, or whatever you want to call yourself. Honestly, it was a little over the top of the brooding over him. Sure, it kind of made Jon Snow who he was. Didn't quite feel like a family member. Fucking Jon Snow. Um... Well done, uh, Kit Harrington, on that on that portrayal. Uh, you really got that, I don't know, emo vibe going on pretty damn well. Um, so well done there, Jon Snow. And uh, But yeah, that was just a minor little, I think, character flaw and kind of pronounced a little too much uh, in the show. Um, my biggest thing, though, is more, more with the showrunners in general. Um, let's face it. I mean, you guys didn't introduce Lady Stoneheart. I mean, there's not much more more I can say. In the books, it's one of the most interesting uh, aspects of the book. She basically comes back as a zombie. Uh, you know, she's hung. And she still has a fight left in her. Now, where is that? Completely left out of the show. And I really don't understand why it was cut. You could have gone down so many avenues with such an important part of her character. And mind you, Michelle Fairley, you did a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Uh, to this day, uh, the Red Wedding and that scream at the end uh, still can send chills up anybody's spine. I mean, it was a fan, fantastic job, Michelle Fairley. So you're only, you can only do and what your directors get put in front of you 
and you as an actress did an unbelievable job uh so this is nothing nothing to do with your acting i just i really think that lady stoneheart being left out of the show really created a void um of what could have been such an interesting plot line and i i i'm guessing they they cut it out um one maybe for the price of the actress um two to lower the amount of fantastical elements of the show uh, let's but let's face it you had plenty of dragons you pl- spent plenty of cgi you took seasons and se- season sevens and eight and you basically made it a hollywood movie and destroyed the dialogue um destroyed the plot line i mean you guys butchered it so there was plenty of money there to go around it was the biggest show uh that's ever been on television so dan dave once again screw you for messing up such a really good relevant character and a big fuck you to catlin stark for your intolerance of having a stepson i mean it was like a brother to your kids like build a bridge i'll give you the hammer and you can get the fuck over it because it really got annoying uh having to uh, you as a character um it really got annoying over time that about wraps up number four catlin stark uh like i said it was mostly mostly in my opinion uh dan dana's fault and once again we're going to continue on that theme dan and dave i mean i think this whole podcast is going to come down to them if you don't know who they are it's uh uh, Dan and Dave, they they met Martin a long time ago, and they pitched uh, running Game of Thrones on uh, HBO. Now, that was one of the only platforms that George would allow to happen. And if you ever have heard of the website winteriscoming.net, then I've, I've been a part of that be, well before the pilot was ever picked up. And they, they never really thought it would go anywhere. But George asked them when they sat down for a meeting, uh what they thought the ending would be and i don't know they uh, no that's that's incorrect they uh, he asked who was john's parents and dan and dave actually said it correct so that's where they got the show he knew they were a fan of the books so that's that's why he gave them the show now number three is just a debauchery all around and probably maybe should have been fifth overall um but and I had to include not just one character, I just had to include the whole sand snakes as one giant fuckadoo. It was unbelievable. You forced okay, n- mind you, they were kind of like Switzerland. Dorn. Dorn as a whole was kind of like Switzerland. They never really got involved in much of all, much of anything. They were part of this uh the seven kingdoms of Westeros. But they they were never supporting basically anything, and they had one of the greatest schemers of all time. The only the only person from Dorne you didn't screw up was Oberyn Martell. You actually made him a legend and probably one of the greatest characters that you put on our screen. Uh, but the Sand Snakes, how forced were they? I mean, no dynamic. I mean, no gray and ambiguity. 
um, from what we learned and loved about Game of Thrones is that there is no black and white. It's all gray. Each character is gray. They they were absolutely nothing in the show. You force fed us the Jamie and Braun going there to uh, rescue Marcella and bring her back uh, to Castle Rock. But it was just so forced, and that never happened. It was never going to happen. I realized Braun became one of the f- favorite characters in the show, so and Jamie as well. So you really wanted to give them some screen time and, and something to continue their arc. But wow! And then that stupid—oh my goodness! Like the love affection between Braun. I—I I, I even forget her name because it doesn't even really matter. Uh, where she poisons him and then gives him the antidote. What a stupid scene. Or the fight they had when they were dressed, dressed as fucking Dornish guards, Braun and Jamie. Oh, all in all, just awful. Like, what were you guys even thinking? It would have been, okay, it would have been smarter to leave out the Sand Snakes as a whole if you didn't, well, you needed Oberyn. But just, you could have brought him in. You would have been smarter to leave them out of the whole entire show, except for Oberyn, and incorporate the Lady Stoneheart, uh, you know, ep, you know, bring her involved into the show. It was absolutely atrocious to watch. I laugh about it because they were part of some of the better seasons of the show, but they were so forgettable. Honestly, just it makes you want to fast forward when you go back and watch it. I mean, I've watched Game of Thrones probably six times from start to finish. It's it's, it's a scene where you're just like, all right, they're on the screen again. Time to fast forward. What's, oh, God. Don't ever, ever take any compliment that they were on your show. You should only hear negative things about what you did bringing those characters to life. Come on, Day and Weiss. You, what, what are you, ugh. Goodness gracious, I, I I am not very happy with that decision. All right. We've gone through the first three. Now it's time for all the hate mail. We've got a couple of Starks. That's right, I said it. All of your favorite characters out there. We've got a couple of Starks as the top two worst characters on Game of Thrones. Number two. Number two, Bran. Bran fucking Stark. Come on. Really? Really? What is going on with him? There is just so much we can we can go into here. Um, first, you fall in love with Bran. I mean, you absolutely do. I get the hope, and that's where the story begins when they push him out, out the tower, when Sir Jamie pushes him out the tower for discovering he and Cersei having sex. I get it. But you are taught to love him, and that's part of the glory of uh, Martin's writing, which, if you noticed, Dan and Dave stuck to that for the first, like, four seasons. They stuck to Martin's uh, vision of the of the show and the series and the characters. So we get that. So you fall in love with him, and then all of a sudden, he he's... What? Are you kidding me? He's this fragile fucker that gets pushed around 
by a guy that can say one word. Hodor. Favorite, one of my favorite characters in the whole show. Now, let's be honest. If you can change the outcome of things by going into the past, what would you do? If you were Brandon Stark, what would you do? We saw what he did to Hodor. Hodor was a normal giant, half-giant kid. And basically, Bran took him over and knew for the future that he would need him to hold the door. So if he's able to do this, let's look back on it. If he's able to do this, why didn't he make his brother Rob king? Why didn't he affect the outcomes of the past to change the future, to make his brother Rob, or better yet, save Ned? I mean, Ned was the most honorable man in Westeros. Granted, he probably would have been a terrible king. However, these are the choices with someone with that much power needed to have, you know, needed to come up with a proper solution. So what was Bran's solution? Let's be honest here. Selfishness. Who did he put on the throne? Himself. Are you joking me? You little arrogant piece of shit that can't even walk. This is what a terrible terrible person. He might be more evil than Circe. He might be more evil than Joffrey. And I even put him on the same level as Ramsay Bolton. If you are willing to go back and change the past, take take away a young man's life and make him hold the door for you in the future, and then put yourself on the throne? Oh, and not on top, on top of that, not only does he put himself on the throne, he creates the North as her own separate kingdom. So who gets that? His sister Sansa. This is just unbelievable. What an egotistical little shithead. Fuck that kid. Fuck Bran Stark. What an, oh, what a, and I had to suffer through so many seasons of him being pushed around and with, with him and those two fucking twins and learning green sight and all that bullshit. God, what a terrible, terrible character. That one isn't fully on you, Dan and Dave. That one's actually partly on George Martin. What an awful character. I I can't stand you, Bran. Man, Jamie should have done the right fucking thing and thrown you a little bit higher and made you land on your neck. The show would have been so much better without Bran Stark. Fuck you. All right. I think I got that off my chest. I mean, I think we can all agree on that one. I may get a little bit of hate mail. Not as much as I'll get from my number one. But number two, I think we can all at least agree that Bran Stark is a piece of little fucking teenage punk trash. Fuck him. All right. Whew. I got a little excited about that one. So here it is. We made it to number one. Drum roll, please. Here, the least favorite character, the worst character, the character that should have died so early on is Arya Stark. I can't find a redeeming quality. Can't. I don't know what it is. 
that makes the Game of Thrones fandom actually like this girl. We can start from stupid arcs. Let's see, the forest, uh, the forest love interest, love story with Gendry. Oh my god, did I not need that on my screen? You know, we started watching Arya Stark when she was a 13-year-old girl, the real actress, Maisie Williams. So Maisie, you did a, you did a pretty good job. I'm not gonna knock your acting. You did a pretty good job. People loved you. Um, but we started watching her on her screen. She was 13 years old, and then like we really need that love scene. She's still a little a little girl at that time in most people's eyes, even though she's gone through some st- stuff. I can't get the picture of season one, season two out of my head by the time the forced love story with Gendry comes around. So that's just one of the trivial things. And let's be honest, her, her list, that annoying list that she goes over and over and over, she barely kills anybody on that list. What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Not only does she barely touch her list, she befriends the hound in a certain way. On top of that, she gets the glory of killing the Night King. This is just so absurd. That is not how her story should go. That is not. She came out of nowhere. That was, She had never mentioned the Night King in the books, in the show. Never mentioned him in any of her list. But somehow, she she's the one that comes up with the final glory of killing the Night King. I, I'm disappointed. I thought that was really, really stupid. But my ultimate reason... My ultimate reason is you're pumping up an honest-to-God sociopath. I mean, that's what her character is. She's a sociopath. Mind you, she's 100, well, maybe not even, maybe under 100 pounds. She has a thing called needle. She turns into the greatest assassin that's ever lived and and mind you you don't you don't think she would have been killed uh with the faceless men for desertion let's be honest with you those <laughs> she never had the upper hand there yet somehow she makes it out alive oh god and in your list like i said that's that's another thing just keeps on ringing in my head your list is absolutely stupid because you don't accomplish even half of the people on the list. I mean, her character arc should have been her killing Cersei. That's where it should have finished. And maybe dying in the rubble. Uh, But not going ahead and killing the Night King and sailing off into the sunset into unknown lands. Oh, If they ever do a spinoff of Arya, I am canceling my HBO subscription. I might even have to cancel my cable because knowing it's available... I may just have to just cancel everything because that character is by far the worst character on Game of Thrones. Close to one of the worst characters ever put on television because I really can't, can't stand that girl. Whew. Man, I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> this, uh, this episode was a little negative today. Uh, but there we have it. That's my top five least favorite characters uh from the game of uh, game of thrones show um i'm ready give me all the hate you need 
Tell me you love my list. That would be even better. Uh, we have plenty of episodes coming up. We'll go through. I've got a suggestion for uh, greatest survivor players. I think now that I've done the least favorite characters from Game of Thrones, I'll have to do a best. Um, we can go through um, our favorite drinks. That's always a fun one. Uh, there's so many categories out there, guys. I want to hear from you. Let me know what you want me to list down. Uh, this is what this is all about. Having a few drinks. Me giving you the absolute definitive answer on the top five of whatever categories that you guys want to hear. Uh, I want you to go through. If you can't subscribe and uh, and uh, support the show, I totally get it. Times are tough. We're just getting over COVID. Um, but you can do me a big favor and show me support by sharing this podcast, getting the news out there, and by giving me uh, more things to talk about. So go ahead, write me. I appreciate you all. Uh, I want you to have a wonderful night. And God damn it, fuck Arya Stark. Take care, all. Until the next episode, Big Earn, signing out.